What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Take a 20. This is episode six. Again, thank you, everybody who... Oh, let me tuck this in so don't get any of that feedback. But yeah, as I was saying, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate all the feedback that everybody's giving me. It's very much appreciated. There's... Like I said, each episode, I want to get better. I'm really open to any comments that you guys have. So like I always say, my DMs are open. Feel free to hit me up. If there's anything that you would like me to talk about, feel free. Um, With each episode, I go into it already having an idea of what I want to talk about. But if there's something that you want to hear my opinion on, feel free to shoot me a DM and I'll be more than happy to actually answer those questions. So without wasting any time, I just really want to jump into first, well, yeah, let's jump into some Ben Simmons talk because you can't avoid talking about Ben Simmons anymore, unfortunately, just because of how long this process is drug out. They, the 76ers have refused to pay him his 8.3 million that was due, I think, a few days ago. So now they're in a situation where, like Brian Windhorst is always is continuing to say, the fines are probably not that big of a deal for Ben Simmons just for the simple fact that more likely than not, once he gets traded, the team that he ends up on will not enforce those fines and will give him all of his money, what is owed to him contractually. Um Though, I, I'm more so on the side of Zach Lowe in his terms of thinking of just like, you know, I can see this dragging out pretty much the entire season. The 76ers are still a really good team with or without Ben Simmons. Are they better with Ben Simmons? Yes, absolutely. But without Ben Simmons, they're still a pretty good team. So are they good enough to make it out the East? I don't think so. But I think that they're good enough to stay relevant and continue to compete. I, With the way the roster is constructed right now, I don't expect them to actually finish any lower than... Like, if they finished as the fourth seed, I would be very shocked. I kind of see them landing at that three spot. But that... And that's just because of how dominant Joel Embiid is. I do expect Tobias Harris to have a kind of back bounce back season. Last season was like everybody is saying like that was his best season. But from what I looked at, I was like, there's it, it just didn't look right to me pretty much the entire season. I don't know if he was dealing with injury or, or what was going on, but just something seemed a little bit off with him. When he was with the Clippers, his energy levels were always extremely high. He's always giving a uh, 100% effort, really 110% effort. So, and that was every single game. When I was looking at the 76ers last season, I saw him kind of, I don't know if he got COVID or something like that, but it, it just seemed like he his energy levels were a little bit muted. So... I do expect him to have kind of a bounce back season with that being said. Um, Though, I wanted to throw together again a couple of trades. Was just watching the jump, um, the episode from a couple of days ago, and they were saying that there are certain teams that could be dark horses like Indiana Pacers, and that's that's a team that I honestly didn't even think about. Looking at what they would have to put together in a trade to get Ben Simmons, I I absolutely think that the Indiana Pacers would make that trade. Um, So it's just a matter of if the 76ers are willing to make that trade. With the pieces that I expect to be included, I don't see why the 76ers would not accept it. But we'll first dive into the Spurs one because to me... Ben Simmons ending up on the Spurs is probably the best thing that could happen for him. Just the same way that when Doug McDermott signed with the San Antonio Spurs, I was like, this is literally the best thing that he could have done for his career. 
you know, in that system, Doug McDermott is going to be a star. Like, I, I truly believe that. I believe that the system is just tailor-made for certain players like him. Doug McDermott really reminds me a lot of a Richard Jefferson. <clears throat> Not as athletic by any means, but still is a decent defender, has a really good shot, and can finish at the rim. So with that being already, like, Popovich knows that player very well. So I, I'm expecting, like, someone like Jonathan Simmons, you know, he had his best career, or best season with the San Antonio Spurs because of the system being built for that. So I really do see Doug McDermott being a big contributor for that team. But for all intents and purposes of this trade, I wanted to include him in the trade because obviously the 76ers are going to want to retain or receive some shooting um, in whatever trade that they send out Ben Simmons because that's something that, you know, honestly, uh, Tyrese Maxey, I think that he might be able to handle your playmaking uh, responsibilities. Tobias Harris is actually a really good playmaker, so... I see that landing on both of them, kind of. Excuse me. Um, But yeah, like, with that being said, you're still, for the Spurs, I still think that they would have to include DeJounte Murray, Doug McDermott, and Thaddeus Young to even get in the realm of the 76ers actually taking the trade seriously. With that being said, it's it's more money than what Ben Simmons contract is. So you have to add on somebody. So Horace uh, Niang, that's somebody who, albeit is very, very good, but if I'm able to swap him out for Thaddeus Young to have as my backup power forward, who's coming off the bench for Tobias, then I'm I'm absolutely going to do that. Um, But, you know, also, again, he's a type of player that fits really, really well within the Spurs system. So with Ben Simmons and Yang going out to the Spurs, Thaddeus Sung, Doug McDermott, and DeJounte Murray coming to the 76ers along with a first-round pick via Chicago. I think that this is actually a really, really good deal. Um, maybe not something that Daryl Morey is actually very excited about because you you're not getting a superstar back in this trade which is you know fine because like everybody is saying a lot of these superstar players that they want are actually not available so Damian Lillard Damian Lillard got <laughs> Bradley Beal those two players are unavailable at the moment I don't expect them to actually become available. I do expect Washington Wizards to be a pretty good team this season. I see them actually ending up like somewhere middle of the pack. They're definitely going to be out of that play-in round. So I, either fourth or fifth is where I expect to see them finish. With that offense, is just going to be absolutely killer. And if Kyle Kuzma... Contavious Caldwell Pope and Montrez Harrell can play consistent defense, that it it ends up being a very scary team. So I don't understand why everybody's sleeping on the Wizards. I think it, it reminds me of when um, the Clippers were first starting to get good and people were just like, ah, like it's 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 the Clippers. They're they're still the Clippers. It's with the Wizards, people are kind of treating it the same way, saying like, oh, it's just the Wizards, whatever. Yeah, it's the Wizards, but they're a whole lot better this season. And if you're watching this right now, I'm not going to say your name, but I told you, dude, the Washington Wizards were going to be good. They were going to be good. Your loyalty has been paid off. You know, so... I. I really hope that this trade actually, like getting back to this, I actually hope that this trade doesn't happen 
just for the simple fact that I really do want Doug McDermott to stay with San Antonio Spurs. Like I said, this was the best career move that he could have made. And like I'm I'm honestly very, very excited to see what he's able to do this season. You know, the Spurs are a team that I've always had a lot of respect for because of Greg Popovich. Um, and just the way that they play the game. Like, how could you not have respect for Tim Duncan? So it it was a situation where when I saw Doug sign, I was like, yeah, this this is the best career move for him. So it's a great trade for both sides, but I, I'd rather not see this happen. Now, moving on to another trade, hearing that the Indiana Pacers were a sleeper team, I was like, okay, well, that's that's actually something that I never even thought about. It was just like, well, yeah, of course Indiana would want to trade for a Ben Simmons. Like, why wouldn't they want to? So it's like, if you can get Ben Simmons upgrade Malcolm Brogdon with Ben Simmons, then you're absolutely going to do that, even though Malcolm Brogdon is the better finisher, better scorer. Ben Simmons is just the better all-around player. So, of course, you're going to go for that. Though, I think the 76ers would demand not only Malcolm Brogdon, but also Karis LeVert. Do the Pacers do that deal? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I can see them actually pulling the trigger on it just so they can get a Ben Simmons. Because, like so many people say, Indiana is not an off-season destination, nor is Detroit or any of these really small market teams. So the way that they're able to get star players is via trade. With this, I think that this is their best opportunity to actually pair somebody who can bring out even more from Dante Sabonis. I still think that there's people are saying like, oh, this this is probably his peak. I think that there's still another level that he can get to. Um, he's, he's a very, very impressive player. Also, Ben Simmons would do a lot for Miles Turner in, in the sense of being able to set him up, get him a lot of easy lobs, things of that nature. So, it, it is a little concerning with those three being your best players because they all kind of, like, Sabonis can step out. Miles Turner, not so much. He's definitely a round-the-rim type player. I've seen him shoot some threes here and there, but, like, that's something that really, unless he's he's worked on it over the summer, which I'm sure he has, um, but unless he's able to start hitting that consistently in the regular season, I don't really see these three players really meshing too well together just because it ends up, he's ending up in the same situation as the 76ers, you know, where Joel needs to be in the paint, but so does Ben Simmons. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting trade um, with the 76ers, like this trade 100% because you're you're still getting your primary ball handler and you're getting a secondary score. You know, so it's this this trade is something that I can definitely see the 76ers pulling the trigger on. Though, do I see the Indiana Pacers wanting to put this on the table? Possibly but it's at at this point it's a little hard to tell if the Pacers would be willing to part ways with both of these players for Ben Simmons. You know, if I was I don't know, I can't remember the GM of the Indiana Pacers, but if I was him, I would probably want to include or have them include Tyrese Maxey in that deal. Uh, especially if I'm including some first-round picks to get Ben Simmons because I think that that would actually be uh, actually tilted to be a little bit more of a fair trade. Does Daryl Morey include Tyrese Maxey? Absolutely not. So um, that's that's just something that I'm I'm very um, 
very interested to see if Indiana were to make a deal, what what they would include. But at this point, like I was saying, I expect this team to, or I expect this uh, situation with Ben Simmons to actually drag out for the entire season. I don't see a trade unless, let's say unless like the the Portland Trailblazers go out the gates like 0-18, then I can see Neil O'Shea kind of biting the bullet and saying like, hey, okay, like we can do, like what 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 kind of trade do you want to do? Do you want Damian Lillard? Do you want CJ McCollum? Like what? Because at that point, after an 0-18 start, of course Damian Lillard, Lillard would request a trade. Though... Do I see them starting off zero and eighteen? No. So it's it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with this Ben Simmons situation because like I said, I I expect it to drag out the entire season and then have something actually happen during the off season. Um again, I say I think the the easiest way of getting this whole situation behind all parties is just either one show up and play and improve your value or two discuss a contract file those are the only two options that i really see being viable options for ben simmons right now because the way that he's conducting himself there's going to be ramifications with the nba pa so, or National Basketball Players Association, so MBPA. Um, the, like, I, I honestly think that it's going to cause some issues amongst that. Um, the ownership or the owner's meeting, uh, I heard that this is, was a subject that was brought up, and rightfully so. You pay somebody this amount of money and they just don't show up because they don't want to, which is completely unprofessional and a breach of contract. Their 76ers are also in a breach of contract, excuse me, breach of contract with not paying him in the last couple of days. So is this something that ends up going to court? It absolutely could. Is it something that Ben Simmons would win? No, we're talking about him going up against like a a team's lawyers. This is like I don't know if the owner of the 76ers is a billionaire, but I'm sure he's pretty close. So the lawyers that he has at his disposal, the fact that he can stay in litigation way longer than Ben Simmons can, it it, it's just such a sticky situation. So that's all I have to say about that. Want to move on to other things. For example, um, you know what? It's, it's a really good transition into this. I was going to go into one interview, but I'll go into this one first because I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with how mature Zion is. I was very, very impressed by what he said, how he handled himself, and how calm he stayed in that situation when he was getting asked a very uncomfortable question. So, like, without further ado, let's just get right into it and see exactly what it was that he said and how Ben Simmons could take some notes. Fletcher. Fletcher? Yep. Fletcher, that might be the best question of the day. I'm glad you asked that. I feel like nobody's ever asked me that, so I'm glad you asked. Uh, How I feel about the organization? Per me. (laughs) Uh, I love it here. Uh, I love the city of New Orleans. Uh, Don't want to be anywhere else. Um, My relationship with Griff, um, you can't, I don't think he can play the piano. Last time I checked. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's all love with me and Griff. Um, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it ain't much to dive into. It's just love between us. Uh, we're both competitors. We both want to win. Um, do we disagree on some things? Um, yeah. I mean, we'll, who, who agrees on everything? Uh, we don't. But uh, I think that's what makes our relationship great. Uh, we both bring the best out of each other, and we're just going to keep building off that. He's on over here, Bremar. See? Very, very simple. Like, he was mature, got straight to the point, didn't beat around the bush. He was just like, yeah, me and Griff, we we have disagreements. We're not agreeing on everything. Like, he's he's being a normal human being. Or not a normal human being, but a, a mature human being. So, the simple fact that this is only Zion Williams' third year... I'm I'm very shocked and disappointed that Ben Simmons has decided to handle the situation the way that he has. Now, before moving into the next kind of part of the pod that I wanted to talk about, um, because unfortunately, it's it's not something that we can really avoid anymore. Um, just wanted to very briefly talk about like COVID and the vaccination process and you know to to the players that are not are deciding not to get vaccinated and like this is the thing is like it's everybody's personal choice whether they want to get vaccinated or not. It's it's not our money. Um so we shouldn't be worried about how much money they're losing. Uh, also, it's not our bodies that we're telling a player to get vaccinated. Like it, it's, it's not anybody's place other than themselves to decide whether or not this is the right thing for them. So, so many players being vilified for not wanting to get the vaccine or being, um, what's the word, cautious. And, you know, some people are doing their research and trying to figure it out for themselves and going through that process. Andrew Wiggins was one of those people where he was very, very, against getting the vaccine uh lebron james was the same way he didn't feel comfortable about getting the vaccine both of those individuals did their research and they ended up getting the vaccine this is something that we we don't talk about enough is like around 95 percent of the league is vaccinated so it's it is a talking point though it really shouldn't be uh, just for the simple fact, because medical history um, deserves to be private. It, it shouldn't be up to everybody to know every little thing that you've ever gotten done to your body. Um, performance enhancing drugs, stuff like that. Yeah, of course, people should know and it should be put out there. But in terms of getting a vaccine, I don't think that that's something that really is necessary for everybody everybody to know is you know um it's the one thing that i i would really implore everybody and this is this is the thing is like yeah i i do believe that it it should be private um though i will say right now no i am not vaccinated but i am going to be getting vaccinated just for the simple fact of, you know, my parents are much older. Uh, I like to go visit them quite a bit. So for me, like somebody who's actually going out and being around other people, I, I want to protect them from getting sick. That, that's it. You know, I'm still very scared about the vaccine. It makes me nervous, to be completely honest. And also, it's very interesting to see that um, 
Michael Porter Jr. is somebody who doesn't feel comfortable with getting the vaccine after he's gotten COVID-19 twice. So it's it's just a, a growing situation of, you know, everybody needs to do their research. Everybody needs to get to a certain point where they feel comfortable about it and then move on. But, you know, just really wanted to play this really quick just because I I really love the way that uh, Draymond Green articulated this whole whole situation. So let's just take a listen to this really quick. Why would I go ask him if he got a COVID vaccine? You know, I remember the days when um, your medical history was private. I remember those days. I ain't that young to where I don't remember your medical history being private. And I also remember the days when you're voting, who you voted for was private. Um, your your choice on whether you were Democratic or Republican was private. I remember growing up and asking my grandma, grandma, who you vote for? And boy, don't ask me who I voted for. Like, are you crazy? You know, um, I remember those days, you know, and it's not so much like that anymore, you know. So uh, I'm a little old school, you know, I think. <laughs> You know, some, we get away from some things as a country, as a whole, as a a whole being of humans. Uh, you know, we always think we're doing better and you're getting better. And sometimes when you think you're doing and getting better, certain things get lost. And I think um, medical history right now is one of those things that's been lost. And it's not going back, you know, so I'm not sitting here you know, crying for it to go back. It kind of is what it is. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much all that I really wanted to listen to on that. It's, you know, it it should should be private. It's not private anymore, and it, it really is what it is. But moving on and continuing to talk... Um, just want to say a couple of like touch on a couple of um or actually you know what let me i'll give you my opinions of the the training day or not training day but um the media day a couple of couple of teams because i i didn't watch everybody i didn't get a chance to watch everybody i only watched the pelicans warriors I try to watch the Kings, but something that I I was really um, actually very impressed with was how, like, I know everybody's worried about the Lakers and their their health and how much they're going to be playing, and that's, that's something that I'm actually a little concerned about as well. Um, it was, was reported that AD is going to be the starting center, depending on matchup but uh i i don't think that that's a good move just in the sense that ad i don't feel can play a full 82 at the center position and then still be good to go for the playoffs just because his like even though how muscular he is um it it just doesn't add up to me. Like there's, there's been so many times where, up against a Joel Embiid, even an Andre Drummond, um, I think that he could easily lock up Jokic. But even going up against a, a Giannis, I don't think that. Like yeah, AD is a really good defensive player. There's not many centers in the league where you have to look at it and be like, all right, yeah, I would be a little concerned about him matching up with that. Um, because especially now with the way the game is played, it's, it's so much going out to the perimeter and shooting. But there are still some, some centers, some real centers in the league 
and, you know, not real sinners, but true sinners. Um, but still, it it's it makes me a little concerned of like. And then you have um, LeBron at your starting five or four spot, which to me automatically kind of puts it in the vein of either like I don't think that you start Trevor Ariza, so you end up starting like to me it's a it's a tie between like Wayne Ellington and Carmel Anthony, depending on which direction that they want to go. If they want to go a little bit smaller, I see them putting Wayne Ellington. If they want to keep some size out there, I see them going Carmel Anthony. Now, with that being said, you're looking at a starting lineup of Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, or it could be Wayne Ellington at the shooting guard position, or um, Monk, who honestly performed amazingly well in the first game. Um, so it could be one of those two guys. Uh, you have the three spot being Carmelo, four spot being LeBron, and then the five spot being AD. It, it just, to me, it's, it's a nice combination of players, especially because they're going to be very speedy. But with the, the health concern, it... I, I wasn't too concerned about it before because I was like, all right, well, they have Dwight Howard. They have DeAndre Jordan. They're going to utilize having both of those players on their team. And that's that's a really solid center rotation. No matter who you decide to start, whether you decide to start Dwight or DJ, them coming off the bench for each other is actually a very big problem. And then having a D at the four. LeBron at the three, it just, to me, that just would make the team a little bit more, like, a little less one-dimensional, I guess, I'm trying to get at. Of just, I I see what kind of lineup they're going to be going for for this, for this season, and is there's not too many ways that they can play, it's just... Russ is going to get the ball. They're going to push out in transition. And, you know, there's, yeah, AD is somewhat of a lob threat. Is DJ faster than AD? I don't know if he's faster. He might have just have a bigger stride. But that, to me, that should be his running mate. And, you know, everybody on that, on that court is pretty speedy and can get up and down, but I just don't, I, I see it as a very high turnover lineup for whatever reason. I don't know why, but when I look at like having LeBron at the four, Carmelo or Wayne Ellington at the three, whoever you want to put at the two and Westbrook, it, <clears throat> It doesn't really – I don't look at it and be like, oh, like that's that's scary. It is, but also a part of me is just like that lineup to me just it, – it seems like it would cause a lot of turnovers. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's really all I have to say about the Lakers – I mean, they're they're gonna be interesting. It'll be very interesting, and um, I I just don't know what what they're gonna be able to do with with this team, especially because um, I I don't know the the more that it gets closer to the regular season, and the more that I'm able to examine this team, the more I'm just like. I I don't know if they're going to make it out the West because the West honestly is still really strong. I don't know why people are sleeping on Utah, but that's neither here nor there. I'm, I guess I might be sleeping on Utah a little bit as well because I didn't even watch their media day. Um, I actually, the next per- the media day that I wanted to talk about is actually the Portland Trailblazers because to me, 
Damian Lillard's um, even keel attitude was very telling. Like, he doesn't want to be somebody who comes out and demands a trade. He actually, he really does want to stay with Portland long-term. I know that he wants to stay with Portland for the rest of his career, but it's just a matter of Neil O'Shea actually getting the pieces around him to compete in the West because the pieces that they got over the offseason, although they are really good players, you can't, there's no way for them to actually compete in the West with the way the roster is constructed as is. It is very uh, nerve-wracking that it's, it's going in the way that it did or the way that it has. Um, I can't even imagine what Damian Lillard is feeling like because these are his prime years. He's 31 now. He's not getting any younger. And his time to win is slowly but surely starting to close. You know, I still think that he's going to continue to be great. He has a few more years left of his prime, but, you know, if he goes this full year, like with the Portland Trailblazers, that's that's just one more year cut off of his prime, you know. So, is it a situation? Especially, it's not to say like, hey, you get traded to this one situation and automatically you guys win a championship. It we've seen so many times when players get together of a high caliber. It takes an adjustment period. So, like, even then, it could be a situation where the year that he gets traded is more of a filling out process, getting to know each other. They may make some noise in the playoffs, but do they win a championship? More likely, no, than yes. So, it just really starts boiling down to like these he's running out of time period and just he's running out of time to win a championship and actually be known more than just this prolific scorer and ball handler that we had you know so i i think that it would be a really good career choice for him to yeah Stay with the Trailblazers for like the first two weeks of the season. See where things are going. See if there's a trade to be made that improves Portland. But after that point, you really need to start looking at your other options. What other teams are able to trade for you? Which one gives you the best opportunity to win a championship? Because Portland is is in my opinion is not doing their job well enough to get a team that's good enough to compete in the west. I mean this the the way that the roster is constructed now, I definitely see them as a play-in team if not missing the playoffs altogether. Like New Orleans is a whole lot better than they are than they were last season. You know, like, yeah, they lost Lonzo Ball, but you get Devontae Graham, and that's somebody who I think a lot of people forget. Like, he's a bona fide star. Like, he's he's really good. I know I said this on the last pod, but he's he's really good. So that the Pelicans are actually going to be a dangerous team. So um, Portland is just going to have to figure it out whether they want to – like they they need to do what's right by Dame, and also Dame needs to figure out what what it is that he wants to do, you know. So that is yeah. You guys see all the all the videos I've been watching. So that honestly, I I just don't see the end. Portland season being good by any means 
moving on to the Clippers media day, there wasn't anybody that I really wanted to take a soundbite from and like play really quick. So um, we're just going to stay paused on <laughs> Draymond's face, but it, it, um, it was a very interesting, like I, maybe it could have been cool to listen to Kawhi's little tidbit, which was, um, to me, very interesting, like, uh, the way that he was talking about his contract, being very open, that was the most open that I've ever seen or heard Kawhi being, so with him being that open, it was very shocking to me, um, especially the way that he was talking about everything, he was like, yeah, financially, it would have been better for me to do a one-on-one and opt out and renegotiate a contract and blah, 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 but you know, I, I liked the way that he, he actually opened up and he, he showed a very human side of himself. You know, it was very interesting to see that and something, honestly, I wasn't expecting. I, I really did not expect him to sign a long-term deal. I, I was hoping that he would sign a long-term deal, but I was like, you know what, more likely than not, just Looking at the money, I was like, yeah, he's going to do a one-and-one, one, take this year as a rehab year, opt out in the of his player option, and then renegotiate a new contract. I, I just kind of knew that or expected that. And then when the news finally dropped that he's signing a large deal, it was like three years, I, I was very, very surprised, um, very thankful uh, to be honest, but very surprised that he, he decided to sign a long-term deal, though it is only one year more than, technically it's only one year more than what he, he would have signed, but it's, it's just very impressive to me that he's, he's putting his foot down and saying like, yeah, I'm a clipper. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be here. And, you know, I I really do expect the the Clippers once he comes back to be right there again as contenders. Now there's reports coming out saying that Kawhi Leonard is uh kind of ahead of schedule with his rehab, so I don't think that he's going like this is my preference. I'd rather him take it really easy on that injury. Um, there's no reason for him to really rush back, especially if he's coming in like past December, let's say. I I think at that point, unless you're able to come back in December uh, or ever, whenever the All-Star break is over, I don't think that you should actually come back. Just because... I'm like, yeah, he makes the team better, but I think that, like, with ACL, you want to be very, very careful, so, especially the way that he injured it, it was just, like, with Joe Ingles kind of bumping into him, it was just, like, all right, well, this, this, I I don't know, I, I want him to be 100%, I want him to be 120% before he even steps on the court again. So that's something that's being reported out now, just like the medical staff has no problem shutting him down for the season if that's what needs to be done. Now, I think that it would be probably the the good the best thing to be done, to be completely honest, just because I I don't I, I don't like players rushing back from, from injury. You know, I've seen it too much with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin of them rushing back and wanting to play and wanting to get the team to compete. And you think that they're all good, and then two weeks later they re-aggravate that injury or they're compensating and they injure something else. So, yeah, um... I guess you could say as a Clipper fan, I'm, I'm traumatized by injuries. So 
I'd much rather him take his time and come back whenever he's 120% ready to to come back to playing like basketball at a high level. So that that's all that I had to say about that really because that everything else was totally fine like Reggie Reggie or not Reggie Evans. Oh my god. Reggie Jackson. Uh his enthusiasm of being back with the team is very refreshing. Uh, you know, Reggie is definitely turning into a fan favorite of the teams. Like the goggle vision, the whole nine. It's it's really uh is very impressive for 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 him to have the season that he had last season especially after everything that has gone on through his career, how many times he's gotten traded, how many times he's been looked at as, like, not that great of a player. And, you know, I I thought it was really funny what he said. is just like, hey, if they didn't sign me, I was going to show up to the training facility regardless with my bags and say, like, give me anything. So it is very refreshing to know that the players – who are with the Clippers want to be with the Clippers. Um, there's still that John Wall noise out there. And though I would like to get John Wall, I, I don't see a route to that. I've said it in previous pods. It's, it's definitely a situation where they would need to get bought out and then end up with the Clippers. But that's, that's really, really the only, uh, only way that I can see uh, John Wall getting to the Clippers. So I did watch um, the Milwaukee Bucks media day for a little bit. Um, there wasn't too much that really stood out to me. I mean, they're the defending champ, so there's not really anything that I'm, I was expecting to hear from them that wasn't uh, like really by the book, you know. So that's really it. Um, did watch Chicago's media day, and I thought that it was really like really interesting how everybody is speaking about the team because. I can hear in each of their voices is that they're extremely confident in what they're going to be able to do. So that that's where it starts, you know, with, with your players being in a headspace of them being extremely confident and not really listening to outside because really the outside is saying like this, yeah, you guys are a, probably like a six seed playing team the way that they spoke during their press conferences, they believe that they're a team that could make it out the East. Looking at this team, looking at the dysfunctionality of the East, and really the question mark of the Brooklyn Nets, like how healthy are they going to be? Not even speaking about Kyrie Irving, because I know Kyrie is going to eventually end up getting out there on the court. It's just a matter of when, not if. So, it's but still they have that that health thing looming over them so do do I see the the Bulls being a really good team yeah and especially hearing how confident they they are in themselves and the team that's currently constructed I, I don't see why they can't make a solid run and try and get out the east you know the Celtics are somebody that I also watched. They seemed like really energetic, really excited to be back together. And, you know, something that Jalen Brown talked about was how the media tries to pin them against each other. Honestly, it was a situation where, like, I, I know some media people are saying, like, I don't uh, know where he's getting that from. Well, I do. I've seen it pretty much their entire careers with it, with each other. People saying like, uh, do they, do they coincide? Do they coexist? 
or, or can they coexist? Is there too much overlap? Are they, do they get along? Blah, blah, blah. Like, we don't really see them hanging out off the court. And, you know, it, it really reminds me of the whole John Wall, Bradley Beal situation of just like, yeah, maybe they're not hanging out all the time. Maybe they're not the best of friends, but they play very well together. They have a good relationship. They actually talk to each other. And, you know, I think that it's a situation where the media just always tries to blow blow things way out of proportion and say certain players are not getting along. You know, I saw them do that with the Clippers, saying, like, Blake and CP aren't getting along. And there, there was a little bit of that going on. But it, in the sense of... But they they do it with every team. Like, literally every single team, they say, like, oh, this person doesn't get along with this person. Is Once you get two polarizing athletes together, there's always that narrative of they, they don't get along. Now, what Jalen Rose said of them being redundant, of, like, their, their skill sets uh, really being super similar... The, the thing that he said, he was like, I look at the Celtics as the the East Clippers. And, you know, it's, it's very true because you have one a really good scorer, pretty good defender, and then you have one of the best two-way players in the entire game. So I, I get where they're coming from with that. And also him commenting, saying, like, yeah, this is this is a – team that can compete for a championship eventually you know the east is getting harder i still think me personally this is me personally i still think that they're uh, like they need a legitimate point guard um dennis Schroeder is a good off the bench score but i they just really need that floor general to take the ball out of jason tatum and jalen brown's hand to really free them up you know, the Celtics really need the same things that the Clippers need. You know, though the Clippers just have it right now in Eric Bledsoe. So, yeah, that's that's um, is really interesting to see um, how this is all going to play out because. A whole lot of people are saying, like, yeah, there's there's probably going to end up being a trade. The way that these guys talk about each other, the way that they talk about playing for the Celtics and playing together, I don't imagine that a trade demand would actually happen. And I don't think a trade would happen, period, just because of how good these two players make the entire Celtics. So is it, like, a talking point? Sure, whatever. But at the end of the day, they're they're not best friends. They're friends. They play really, really well together and are probably going to continue to play really, really well together. Um, and that's that was really it, all of the media day coverage that I watched. I wanted to get into the Timberwolves, but schedule just got a little too crazy and couldn't sit down and actually watch it um though I do want to see <laughs> how everybody is reacting uh in that organization because it it's just all over the place right now and yeah albeit I understand why they dismissed their general manager but it it, it just would have been very interesting to see some of their takes so just like how the team feels overall uh but yeah also it would have been nice to see Patrick Beverly's uh interview see how he feels or actually you know what I did watch that uh his interview and he did say that the Timberwolves were the place that he wanted to go I think he had a list of um places that he wanted to be traded and um (laughs) 
the Timberwolves were on top of that list once he got to Memphis. So I'm assuming that whole Memphis situation, um, he he just he didn't want to be there, and he informed informed them immediately that he didn't want to be there. It's very interesting. Um, I don't know if it was him or if it was the organization, because there's rumors about John Moran and Patrick Beverly not exactly getting along, which I completely understand. Patrick Beverly is a hard person to get along with once he's been really on you for a full 48 minutes doing it multiple times a year. And you don't know this man off the court. So I, I totally understand that whole situation. Um, it, it can be very taxing to try and build a relationship with somebody that you honestly really don't like. So, yeah, I, I, I get it. Um, that, that, that's really it. So, yeah. Uh, I did want to show some WNBA highlights just because it's this, this series or these two series have been outstanding. Um, big shout out to Candace Parker, who is like she she's a wizard with that basketball. Straight up wizard. And it's it's amazing to see like championship level basketball again, you know? Um Yeah, this this uh I think I'm going to end it here. This pod is, oh, getting pretty deep in there uh, time-wise. So, yeah, I'm going to end it here. Um, <laughs> this one was very impromptu um, in the sense that I, I honestly did not know what I wanted to talk about or where I was going to be end up going. I knew that I wanted to touch on certain... Uh, things with the media day but as far as from there I I really didn't know where I wanted to go uh though with the NBA finally being back it is preseason though I am gonna start doing two episodes a week one on Monday one on Friday um just to I mean there's there's gonna be more and more news coming out um more stuff that we can talk about debate about so i think that is just better to start doing two pods a day or two pods a week rather and continue to go from there so as i say at the end of every pod thank you guys so much for tuning in i really appreciate it this episode was it might have been a little hard to get through just because I was really all over the place. Like I said, I I didn't really know where I wanted to go and how I wanted to have the episode flow. So I apologize for that. But again, thank you everybody for tuning in. And I, I really appreciate all the feedback. Um, it's it's kind of crazy how like... Uh, so many people like the podcasting space is really a I'm starting to learn it's really a community because the the people that are reaching out and saying like hey like really nice pod is just like I have no idea who these people are but it's just because we're we're all in that space all trying to do or really all talking about sports talking whether it be football basketball tennis golf mixed martial arts whatever that we're talking about uh we all have a very deep passion for it so um, i'm very appreciative to everybody who's giving me feedback and who's listening to the pod and showing it to their friends pushing it and you know this is something that I, I actually really do appreciate it because I have a problem with self-promotion. I, honestly, 
the only people that know about me doing this podcast is a family friend and uh, my mom. Yeah, those those are the only two people within my actual personal life that know that I'm doing this podcast. So thank you guys. Uh, the whole reason why this podcast is growing and getting a larger audience is really because of all of you guys. So again, thank you. Thank you so much for your support. I truly do appreciate it. Um, I promise the next episode is definitely going to be way more structured than this one. And here I will end it because it has officially been an hour talking about this. So, or rambling, to be honest. So, with that being said, appreciate you all, and I will see you on Friday. Peace.